1: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Best Life Podcast. And Danny and I are reunited here in LA for a couple weeks. So, we wanted to uh, put together some based on the feedback that we have been getting from you guys. So, how's it going, Danny? What's up? I'm so glad to be here. I know, we're so pumped. So, we actually just came off the weekend of uh, an event called Elevate that was super fun. We had about 55 women here in LA, and we were excited because we were able to share our love of Organify with everyone at the event. So we were able to give everyone some greens powders and red powders and gold. So the feedback has been really great so far.
0: We hooked it all up. I've seen a lot of people posting today that they've tried a bunch of greens and this is their favorite. And I was like, yes, me
1: too. I know, I'm super pumped. So as you guys know, Organifi is a sponsor of the Best Life Podcast. They took a chance on us before we even had any sort of following yet on this platform. So we're so grateful to them. If you guys want to get 20% off their amazing products, go to Organifi. Organifi with an I.com and use code THEBESTLIFE at checkout to always get 20% off and support them because they are doing really great work. Their pro- their products are amazing and we use them every single day.
0: Yes. And if you use them, tag us and tag them so we can see and do a little green juice cheers. <laughs> So let's get into this. We had a couple of interesting conversations this weekend that inspired this episode with people just asking questions of me, asking questions of Jill, and asking questions, uh, other people coming to us asking questions really about like our lifestyle. And I don't know, you want to start with the first story and then kind of we'll get into it?
1: Okay. So one of the things that, well, we, we can also give the context of the fact that you have just become, a, like you've just started on your nomadic journey too. So your living style, you're kind of living all over the place right now. You're traveling a lot. You are doing Airbnb in different places. Yeah. And so people are asking you, what do you say when people ask, when are you going to settle down? Or like, how long are you going to do that?
0: Yeah. You know, so I started in January. I kind of uh, had a bunch of events coming up in january february and i just didn't feel like i should you know be paying rent in my apartment i wasn't going to be home for two months so i was gonna i was gonna sublease it out and then my roommate and i decided i would just leave and i have kind of just been floating and i hadn't really been just i hadn't really decided where i want to go and i was walking one afternoon and i kind of had the question pop up in my mind is you know i always i always think of questions to answer or to ask to get engagement on social media and i thought of the question if i asked people where where would you live if you could live anywhere in the world? And I know people always have an answer. They'll say like they want to live in Hawaii or Bali or California and everybody seems to have an answer. But then I started thinking to myself, wow, I actually have the opportunity to live anywhere right now. I don't really have a, I didn't have a home or a mortgage. I don't have a a family or kids that go to school. And I was like, dang, I have this opportunity and is this where I would actually be? And so I really started to wonder, I, I mean, I love LA, I love California, and I did choose to be there, but I was also a little circumstantial. So I thought maybe I could spend the year going to a few other places, not necessarily having a home base. And yeah, people will ask me, well, when are you going to settle down or where are you going to live? And I'm like, I don't know. I didn't have an answer. And some of the times when I get that question, there's a little bit of judgment behind it. Mm. And so we've also gotten this recent thing of, you know, Jill and I are single and We're talking about dating and we don't talk about dating as much on here but in our personal conversations we tell the funny stories of what happens and where we're going out to and we have a lot of um a lot of people who follow us in our in our groups who are moms and have families and they'll give the like i could never do that i could never live like that that sounds exhausting Mm -hmm. and we've gone well didn't see ourselves doing this at this point either, but
1: here we are. And and so the conversation we just wanted to have was around, is it okay to have an unconventional lifestyle? Like, is it okay to not know exactly what it's supposed to look like? I think when most of us kind of grow up, you know, especially if you grew up maybe a more religious upbringing like we did, there's there seems to be like a way that things have to go, right? Yeah. Like this is what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to graduate from high school. You know, if you're lucky enough, you go to college, after you get out of college, you get a good job with a 401k and salary and benefits. And, you know, you find that you spend the rest of your twenties trying to find that person, right? The, the one that's going to complete you. And then you find them and you get, and you have the big wedding and you have this whole like big fairy tale. And it's amazing, right? Like it really is so fun, but then there's the rush to get the mortgage and get, the home and get yep. the white picket fence, and what a lot of people have come, been coming to us lately about, and for some reason they feel you know like they can talk to us about this without judgment, as they are maybe later in their thirties, forties, fifties, and going like I did all the things, I checked all the boxes, and I don't necessarily feel. Fulfilled, mm-hmm. Or I don't even feel like I created this life for myself, right? Like I just kind of did the next thing because I thought that's what was expected of me. Yeah. And it's hard to buck the trend. So we wanted to have this conversation to go like, is it okay to maybe... Step outside the norm. Because I know for you and I, like we never expected. If you had told us five years ago that we would be single, dating, you know, mid-30s, living in Los Angeles, like I probably wouldn't I would have (laughs) like laughed in your face. We always laughed that we kind of lived our 40s and our 20s or our 50s and our twenties. We went to bed at eight o'clock. We didn't really drink, you know, we were competing. We had a super healthy lifestyle. Still do. But you know, then you're kind of dumped out into this like new reality. And there's not a lot of conversation around making that transition. And not feeling a lot of shame around it. Yep. You know, I think it, it's it, we talked about on the affairs episode, just how much like embarrassment and shame and, um, you know, kind of guilt you feel around navigating all this stuff because no one's talking about it. And now we're talking about it. Yeah. And a lot of people are coming to us and going, how, you know, that what you're doing seems exhausting. I can never do that. Or, you know, when are you going to settle down? When are you going to, are you going to get married again? When are you going to have kids? Aren't you worried about that? Like you're getting older and you're not going to be able to have kids or, you know, um,
0: yeah, even to somebody who's listening, who's in their 20s, tw- maybe like 28, 29, and they're going, oh my gosh, 30 is looming, and I'm supposed to be married by now, and I'm supposed to have a house, like there's so many expectations or like unspoken expectations that people have of you of what you quote unquote should be doing at this point, and it's funny, it's it's interesting because sometimes it comes from the people who don't even seem that happy and like they have that life, but they don't even seem that happy, and I guess that's when I started to really question um what I was doing. It was like uh, my ex and I, we actually moved into an RV and traveled around the country and had we, had we not had some circumstances behind that. So kind of behind that was a couple of years prior, we had the, the housing market crash in Las Vegas and we lost our home and At the time, it was one of the worst things that could ever happen. It was so embarrassing. I felt like we were on the right path. Like I got married, Mm -hmm. we owned a home. And in a few years, we were gonna like upgrade from our starter home to our bigger home and nicer cars and more things and more stuff. And instead we lost all of it And it ended up being the best thing that happened to me because it made me really question and look back as like, is that actually what I wanted or what I chose? Or was it just the steps I took in the direction that I was quote unquote supposed to take? And where would I be today? Like what we would probably still be in that house. We would probably still be doing a lot of the same things with the same friends and the same family. And that's, there's nothing wrong with that, but it really just begs the question of, did I choose this life or am I here by circumstance? And that's really the big, one of the big uh,
1: questions I want to like bring up. Right. So I think, and we wanted to talk about maybe three things. And within this conversation, if you do find yourself in that place of, I feel urgency. Mm -hmm. I feel that anxiety of, when am I going to get the things so that I can just check them off the list so then no one will ask me stuff anymore. Right. We all have heard that that story of going to, you know, I don't know, you're like you go to home for the holidays and there's always like that aunt or uncle who's like, so when do you finally get married? Or like, when are you going to finally buy a house and stop renting? And so yeah. there's there's just these unsaid kind of assumptions that there's one way to do things or that there's a right way to do things. And we wanted to have the conversation to maybe even just give permission or help people along if they're feeling stuck in those, those ways of thinking. And like you mentioned, as a caveat, you know, if you are like loving your lifestyle and you have everything that you want, that's all this is really about. But to your point, number one, I think... Is just asking the question and being, becoming an independent thinker. So I'll give an example really quick of my own life was more around career. When I graduated college, I went to and got a degree in exercise science and this absolutely I've always loved science, always loved fitness, always loved exercise. And I remember uh, my mom saying to me when she found out what my major was going to be saying, well... Are you just going to be like a gym teacher? (laughs) And, you know, we kind of laugh and I'm like, man, a gym teacher is like a great career. Like they're making a huge difference, right? Um, But there was this assumption that that wasn't good enough or Mm -hmm. that like we're putting you through college and you're not going to be making any money after you graduate. And so there was kind of a stigma around it. And I remember graduating with a degree in exercise science and I stayed in fitness. A lot of my kind of uh, peers went on to go to physical therapy school, physician assistant, medical school. And I was like, I just really love fitness. I love the human body. I love working out. How can I make this into a career? And I got a job, full-time job. I was lucky. One of the few people in my group of friends who actually got a full-time job, salary benefits, and it was in fitness. And I was like, I, felt like I I won the lottery. I was making like $27,000. And I was just like, this is amazing. And after about a year, I felt the pressure of like, okay, now you really have to make something of yourself. Now you really have to do the next thing. When are you going back to grad school, right? That's the, the kind of thing that we feel, that pressure that we feel. And so I remember just because I needed an answer to tell my parents, I said, oh yeah, yeah, don't worry about me. I'm definitely going to apply to uh, physical therapy school. It's a doctorate in physical therapy. Don't worry. I'll have something that you can tell your friends to be proud of in a couple of years, right? And I remember I was supposed to take the GRE and I was supposed to apply and I was supposed to do all these volunteer hours and I kept just not doing them. I just kind of kept putting it off, kept putting it off and they're calling me and I'm like dodging their calls. And at the time, Jade and I had just started dating and he was like, Jill, you're so good at fitness. He's like, you are so good at what you do. Like, why can't you make this into a career? Why can't you create something here? And I remember feeling so much pressure to be more or do something else that was more accepted than having my parents tell their friends I was a trainer, a personal trainer, right? Like that wouldn't <laughs> sound too good. And so I I let all of the applications come and go. And I remember sitting down with my parents. I couldn't avoid it anymore. And they were like, so uh, what's up with the application? And I was like, ooh, I didn't apply. And it was like this moment of like silence, like this heavy just disappointment. I remember being so scared to have that conversation. And I was just like, but uh, I am doing a figure competition, (laughs) (laughs) which uh, I don't know if you know what that is, but you get really muscular and lean and you get in heels and get this really dark tan on and you go stand up in front of a bunch of strangers in a tiny bikini and get judged on your body. But yeah, it's cool. It's cool. So I'm not going to do this really reputable thing over here. I'm going to do this like really weird, like, (laughs) thing that everyone thinks you're on steroids. And it was this moment of just going like, I have to follow my path, even though it looks quote unconventional. And like, you know, for me now they're my biggest fans and they've seen what I've been able to create, but you have to have the courage to even ask, like, is there a different path? And I think that, so number one really is just asking the question, like becoming an independent thinker, asking, and I know for you, you've always been little rebellious. You've always kind of wanted to go against the grain. You've always asked the questions, but you have to know yourself too and have the courage to even ask, like, is this actually what I want to do? And a lot of people don't do that. Yeah. I mean, funny thing you said about the
0: gym teacher was because uh, when I originally went to college, I wanted to do like social work and counseling and I was coaching gymnastics and I realized I really loved it and I was good at it. And so I go, well, what can I do where I'm kind of coaching and I still get a degree? Cause it was really important. My parents really wanted me to have a college degree. So I ended up getting my degree in phys ed to basically be a gym teacher. <laughs> and I thought like my backup plan was this. I thought, okay, if I have children, I want to have a job where I can be off in the summer. Like a teacher was a good job. I didn't ever really want to have children, but I thought that's what I'm supposed to do, so if it happens, then I'm setting myself up for, if I have kids, and this is the kind of job that I need. And it wasn't until after I graduated, I was like, I don't want to be a gym teacher. I don't want to teach in the school. And my first job out of college was actually an acrobat, hysterically, but it really was just that I was doing it anyway, even though I I was questioning myself. I just still felt the pull of what does the family want for you? What is the right thing to do? What are you supposed to do? And for my family, their values is really in like creating a family having a family Mm -hmm. um and so it wasn't about as much of course it was financial but my parents really wanted me like it was important to have a degree like have that behind your name and then also have a family and so that was where i thought i was supposed to go even though it was never like a deep intrinsically like deep motivation for me. I never was like, I want to be a mom. I really want to have mm-hmm. children. And it wasn't until later when I got married, when my husband and I were like, okay, do you want to have kids? And we kind of looked at each other every year and we'd ask each other, like, are you, do you want to have kids this year? And he's like, mm, no. I'm like, okay, good. Me neither. And we, we would just check in. And that's an interesting one too of You know, the judgment of you're married and you're choosing to not have children. I was actually really embarrassed of that for a long time. Mm -hmm. I would tell people, well, we're just waiting. Or I almost felt like I wanted to tell people we couldn't because I felt like that was a better answer than Mm -hmm. saying that we're choosing not to.
1: And Because a lot of people think
0: not having children is selfish. Yeah. That was actually a big thing of why would you do that?
1: That is so selfish, which I I still can't really quite understand that uh, argument, but it's almost, well, I guess the selfishness comes in, like you're keeping your time for yourself, right? Like you're not giving your time over to someone else who might need it, or you're not giving of yourself in that way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm with you. I don't really quite <laughs> get it either. And I'm kind of in the same mindset. But I do think it as a woman who is choosing not to have children, it can feel really taboo Definitely. to talk about that. And I think, I don't think it's a better choice or a worse choice. And I think when we have this conversation, you and I are both careful to not judge one way or the other, right? Like getting married, having kids, amazing. Uh, or staying single or being married, not have kids. Like I think the whole point of this conversation is to go all of those ways are okay. Yeah. Are they not? Yeah. Right? And so it has to be, having the question of, okay, am I choosing this or am I just letting life happen to me? Yes. So I know Brenda Bouchard has like the, this book called uh, The Charge. The Charge. The Charge. Le- yeah. The so charge. he talks about like mm-hmm. there's three different kind of levels of of living. The one is, the first is like the caged life, right? The caged life is when you feel actively scared of things and you're always kind of reacting with defensiveness and deflecting things and blaming, complaining. It's this very like kind of victimhood place. Then most people live in the comfortable life. So that's the next. And the comfortable life is like checked off all the boxes, good job, you know, nice family, good location, night, we get the house, we get the mortgage, we get the thing. And it's fine, But at some point, a lot of us do find that pull to do something else, to do something bigger, to do something Mm -hmm. that's maybe more in line with our calling or in line with our purpose and meaning outside of just having children. Because I think having a family is a a massive accomplishment in the way that it gives you purpose and meaning. But for some people, it's not quite enough. And so those are the ones who are like, okay, is there a third level? And so Brendan talks about the charged charged life, life. which is – kind of just, it's a lot scarier. Mm-hmm. I think it's, a, it's unconventional sometimes. It's what a lot of people will not take the risk to do. And so there's fewer people doing it, which brings us to number two, which is if I do want to do something that's out of the norm, how do I find other people, examples of people thriving in an unconventional situation? And so how do we find people who are uh, you know, positive forces, that are successful and that are examples of what that unconventionality can look like.
0: Yeah, I think it's so important to find, find proof that someone is doing what you either wanna be doing or how you happen to find yourself. So like, for example, when I became single, it was like the first thought is, oh my gosh, is anybody ever going to want me again? Like you you start to think I have to get married. I need to get right into a relationship. I'm going to be alone for the rest of my life. And then the question is, okay, if you were alone for the rest of your life, how, would that be okay? Is there an example of somebody who's been single and they seem amazing and happy? And there's so many people. There's celebrities, there's authors, there's people who are not in relationships. They're very happy. They're thriving. They're doing big things in the world. And as soon as I could see that and realize that, you don't have to be married to be happy. You don't have to live a certain way to be happy. And I looked for evidence to support that I would be okay. That helped me get through um, what I wanted to get through. And it's also like the lifestyle, you know, not having a house or like when when we lost our home and we found people traveling around, we're going, okay, people can actually be happy and have fun without having a mortgage. And maybe maybe you do want children and you can't have children like to look for for couples that are thriving who are finding other ways to be parents whether they're volunteering for big brothers big sisters or they're fostering or any of those things I mean there's just I think it's really really important to whether you choose it or not to find people who are thriving in the area that you're looking at because otherwise you can feel like you're doing it wrong, wrong. And it's, there's not a wrong way. There's just another way.
1: I love that. There's not a wrong way. There's just another way, which, you know, kind of, you had mentioned a little bit about relationships. And I think for both of us, you kind of, is, because that's all you know, and you had been happily married for a really long time and you find yourself single and dating, there's this initial pull to, I need to find a husband again, yeah, right? Or I need to find a significant other again, or I need to like have that thing I had Mostly because it's what was familiar that we hadn't really experienced other ways of companionship, right? So I know for you and I, both of us have outsourced a lot of our like emotional support to friends, family, like if you don't have that everyday significant other partner who like you're constantly being able to because you're you're losing that we talked a little bit about and then the fairs episode. But what about just unconventional romantic relationships. Yeah. There's in like in niches across the country, people are choosing open relationships. People are choosing polyamory. People are choosing like, God forbid, we just have sex for enjoyment versus like, it, why does it constantly need to be the assumption that I'm on a hunt for a husband? Yeah. <laughs> it's so
0: true. It's so true. It's interesting um, when you know. Even my mom is, is asking me about dating. Um, you know, there's been a couple, a couple of uh, men that I've dated more consistently, and she seems to be like worried that that's, or she's, she's worried that which one's going to be your next husband. And I'm like probably none of them are going to be the next (laughs) husband. And it's, it's, it's the mentality that she's used to, and it's the world that she's used to, and it's fine. And we all get, I think we all get caught up, but I really am starting to question more of what is uh, our cultural conditioning versus what would we choose or how would this life look if we didn't know that there was a certain way that it's supposed to look. And It's cool to open your mind to those kind of things and realize that there really isn't one way. And so especially if you feel like you've been knocked off your path, the right path. I think when it comes down to happiness is that we become unhappy or dissatisfied when we think life should be a certain way and it's not that way. Mm -hmm. It's kind of going back to what I talked about in the overcoming discouragement episode of if you can shift the way you think things are supposed to look or how you want them to look for you, you can be happy in any situation. So I think that looking for support and finding other people who are doing what you're doing and, and seeing that it can be done can really help at least... You wrap your mind around especially if you're feeling like judgment from mm-hmm. other people or those questions of like when are you getting your life together or <laughs> why aren't you doing it a certain way when you feel uh, maybe even with work right i know a lot of a lot of uh, we have a lot of entrepreneurs on here people who are maybe leaving a quote unquote good job mm-hmm. i know when i left the government i had a government job i worked for the city i had great benefits and when i left to do training my family was so disappointed in me and they were like, what are you doing? You have a great job. You have benefits. People die to get that job. I mean, the drama, but literally it was like, why would you walk away from that? And I know a lot of folks doing MLM, network marketing, and they're they're wanting to do something a little unconventional and they feel weird about it because of what other people are doing. And I think that kind of goes into the next one is the third is have confidence and be okay with The judgment, like own your choice. Mm -hmm. Own what you're doing. Don't apologize. You need to be able to withstand the judgment of other people and say, this is actually what I'm going to try. And like, I've seen your way. I've seen how it works for you. And I can always go back to that, but I'm going to try something else for me.
1: Yeah, I love that. And so, yeah, I love finding examples because it's almost like a borrowed confidence at first. Mm -hmm. There's like that little midpoint between like, I'm not quite like fully in my power and owning my new choice yet. So I'm kind of looking around for like, okay, is this okay? And so you borrow that confidence. And then the third thing, of course, is is having the actual confidence. So, you know, a lot of people – because I think maybe you and I are pretty open. A lot of people do say stuff to us like I could never do that or, you know, Oh my God, I would just sound so exhausting to be dating or like to be traveling around or, and I know these comments are not meant to be like ill-intentioned, right? I mean, like there are friends and family kind of saying that it's just coming from a place of, of this is what it's supposed to look like or what, what someone knows. And I am always confused as to why there's this assumption, like you said, that there's a right way or there's a, you know, a a way that it's supposed to be. So a lot of those questions come from that. And so when we're in that withstanding the judgment and just owning it, what would be an example of if someone said to you, well, geez, Danny, like, when are you going to settle down like that? You know, you can't just like keep traveling for the rest of your life. What would you say?
0: Well, (laughs) we were talking about this earlier, how sometimes it's hard not to just respond back with something like sassy or (laughs) like, you know, it's interesting because it it depends on how it comes across. When it comes across as judgmental, it's like, well, when are you going to settle down? And what, you know, you can't do this forever. Mm -hmm. And I tend to respond back with questions because I like to know where people are coming from. I'll usually say like, well, what do you mean? Why can't I? Because a lot of times it just hangs people up. They're like, "Uh, well, you just you just can't. I'm like, why not? (laughs) I like to um, put the question back on other people, but I also um, like to just go, you know, this is what I'm choosing right now. I can't speak for, and I, you know, I get this question, like, well, what about, what are you going to do in next year or three years? I I honestly say, I don't know what I'm going to be doing in a year from now, two years from now. This is not where I thought I'd be two years ago. So who's, like, how can I say that I know where I'm going to be in two years or in five years? And maybe some people do. They've got their five-year plan and they live by a piece of paper. I personally have realized that every time I plan, my plans, like, you know, they say, tell God your plan. Like, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. I mean, that's how I feel like if I plan, nothing ever goes according to plan. Um, I also do believe that the more open I leave it, that I I allow myself to experience even cooler things than I could have planned for myself. So when people ask me, um, you know, when are you going to stop? When are you going to settle down? I mean, I generally just say, I don't know. I'm open this year and I'm waiting to see. And so some people are okay with that. And I think some people are uncomfortable with that, but it's their, it's their own stuff to be uncomfortable with.
1: I love that because, you know, I think our natural tendency is to have an answer. Yeah. We want to just like have an answer so that they can feel safe and we can feel like we provided an answer that makes them feel safe, right? So if it's your parents, you know, you want to just be like, so I know for my parents, they've always been like, well, you'll find him. Like if it's like if I'm dating or like they ask me about relationships, well, you'll find them. And I'm, I'm always like, I don't know if I will, like yeah. that's, man. that's okay too, right? So it's yeah. almost like being a, an example yeah. of what is possible and it's not to change someone's mind and it's not to make them to prove anything. It's just pure ownership. I love that you said, I don't know, because sometimes I feel like, I don't know, is like the most powerful response. Because at first it can feel like, oh, I don't know. And that makes me feel um, nervous or that makes you feel like I'm incompetent. But I think there's a lot of power in just saying, I don't know. And I'm okay with that. And giving other people maybe permission to – because when you say, I don't know, I'm not sure – you trust yourself. Yeah. That's really what it comes down to. You trust yourself. You don't know what it's going to look like a year from now. You don't know what it's going to look 5 years from now. You don't know if you're going to be settled down. You don't know if you, you know, and so when people ask us especially about, you know, relationships or about having kids, I'm always conscious to say like never say never, but mm-hmm. it's not on the menu right now. I can't imagine yep. having children right now. And yep. I don't say that and like I could never imagine having that lifestyle that like, yep. you know, it's more just like it's just not in the cards for me right now. Yep. But I'm I also trust myself that if I decide to change my mind, at whatever age yep. that there's going to be an option for me. Like yep. you had said, I will be single and I'll adopt if I need to. Like yep. there's, there's ways to be able to create whatever it is that you want to create at any point in your life. Yep. And I think that comes down to self-trust and that comes down to, I don't know what it's going to look like, but I do trust myself to figure it out when it, the next thing presents itself. Yep. And that doesn't make people feel all that comfortable.
0: No, I think one of the hardest times and where you get the most is like your early 20s, like right after college, everyone's, or even high school, everyone's asking you, well, what's next? Are you going to school? And if you're not going to school, well, then what are you going to do? Are you getting to get a job? And you're like, yeah. And then it's like, (laughs) oh, you're going to do that the rest of your life? You're going to work at a restaurant? It's like, no, I'm just here right now until the next thing happens. And we tend to um, get into this place where the thing we're doing right now, people tend to like make it go to the rest of your life oh you're doing this now and you're gonna do that the rest of your life and you're like who said that what I'm doing right now has to equal the rest of my life and I think that's um just for even for people listening if you tend to do that stop like stop looking at even your your teenagers and going oh my gosh they smoked weed and now they're gonna be a drug addict and then they're not gonna get a job and they're like the the (laughs) the, like snowball effect of some of these like small choices is really funny to me but If you tend to be a worrier, like stop the worrying, stop projecting onto other people. And then if you are on the receiving end of that, just, yeah, be okay with saying, I don't know. But right now what I'm doing is getting me to the next thing and I'll know when I know for what's next.
1: I love that. And I do really think it does come down to a level of self-trust because if I am worrying and I'm consciously anxious and I constantly feel like I have to have a perfect answer for someone who asked me, then that's really just not, I'm not in my full power, right? I'm really just kind of outsourcing that in the moment to make everyone feel safe again, which when we talk about like, you know, in Brendan's terms, the charged life it's the antithesis of comfort, really. Yeah. It's about exposing yourself to different ways of doing things. And to be totally fair, if you had asked me, like, do I want this life five years ago? Actually, maybe 10 years ago. If you had told me what I was going to be doing right now, I probably would have seen it as a failure. Yeah. 10 years ago, if someone's like, you're going to be single, mid-30s, you know, on your own, you know, this, that, I would probably seen myself as a failure. Yeah. You know, someone cheated on me, you know, all these kind of things. <laughs> yep. And now that I'm here, you just own it. And you just go, okay, because what's the alternative? The alternative in my mind is misery. And so for you guys, just in summary, first is if you find yourself, and here's the thing, qualification, if you are feeling like you just are on point, you're doing what you love, you're following your passion, you've created the, the family life, the the location, you're living where you want to be, you don't have any of these things coming up for you. So really this is only applicable to you if you are like, I don't know that I want necessarily to go down or, you know, even to start asking yourself the question, like, is the path that I'm taking, was it given to me from somebody else or Mm -hmm. from society Mm -hmm. or culturally, or is it something that I really want to do and have that honest conversation with you and ask the question, become that independent thinker. Number two, find ways to borrow confidence for that that scary time where you you haven't really fully owned that new reality yet, and you know I know you and I had talked about this especially after your separation was like I was doing it for a year mm-hmm. already and you were kind of like okay I see what it looks like a year from now. Yep, Jill's her business is still going yep. like she's still managing to survive and and thrive and do her thing. So I think it's okay to look to someone else who's maybe a little bit further along. Yep, and then number three is fully owning it. When you do get asked, just sit in the discomfort, right? Just sit in that moment of, like, discomfort, maybe the other person feels like more uncomfortable than you do yep. with your answer. So, when someone says, you know, when are you going to settle down? When are you going to do this? You're not going to do that for the rest of your life. And there's that judgmental tone, like you mentioned. We kind of want to be judgmental back, right? Sometimes we just want to go, well, why'd you choose that? Or like, I would never choose <laughs> yeah. that. Or that looks miserable, right? So, we kind of want to do that. But really, that's just the same. We're just doing the same thing that they're doing yes. to us. And so, I think it's about maybe just deploying some empathy and going, like, this person maybe hasn't questioned, or maybe they just, that's their choice and they should honor that yeah and I'm gonna honor my choice and I'm not gonna maybe convince them that this is better but I am gonna own mine and be an example to other people totally I love it well you guys
0: please if you love this Please subscribe. Leave us uh, reviews and ratings because we want other people to see what they are missing and come in and come join our crew. And also, we have more conversation in our Facebook group. If you go to com, we're always chatting it up in there. Definitely find us on Instagram. Tag us. Um, we love the conversation with you guys after. Tell us what you loved. Tell us what's resonating with you. And uh, yeah.
1: And it's okay if you just want to have sex for enjoyment. I do. Alright, bye guys. We'll talk to you soon.